All right, and welcome to The Tables Have Interned. We're back after quite a long break. We had uh, a very interesting happen, or a very interesting thing happen, where now uh, one of us is not an intern anymore. And we have a new person uh, joining us on the table as an intern here at Hope Chapel. So this last year's intern group actually ended our year with Hope Chapel, our commitment, and the new group came in. I'm blessed to come back as the Media Tech intern again, and I'm also blessed to continue doing this podcast. And with me, we have... Yeah, hey everybody, it's uh, it's Matt here, now the former young adult intern, uh, and just a little update from me. I'm staying on the island, uh, I'm working at a dive shop, doing lots of just scuba boat stuff, dive stuff, anything like that. But yeah, I'm still hanging around the church, still serving, still... You know, being around. So that's kind of what's going on with me. And then kicking it over to our new cast member. What's up, guys? My name is Jordan. Uh, super honored to be out here. Thanks, Isaac and Matt. Uh, it's, I didn't think I'd actually be doing a podcast, but here we are. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm the new young adult intern. I'm taking over where Matt kind of left off. It's been awesome. Mm-hmm. First couple weeks here. I'm coming from Cincinnati, Ohio. So that's pretty far away. A lot a lot colder, but it's, it's great to be here and so excited to see what the Lord's going to do this year um, in ministry and just be hanging out with these guys and, um, yeah, just hearing from him. It's yeah. good stuff. We're excited to have you here. Thanks, Jordan's man. been great to get to know and uh, get to hang out with. And today we're going to talk a little bit more on a serious subject. And the reason this came about and the reason why I kind of wanted us to talk about this is this whole everything that's happening in Texas with the hurricane and the flooding. Um, this past Tuesday, we had a junior high meeting, and we just took a moment to pray for that. We took a minute to pray for the different people and what's going on. And it kind of sparked some questions on why does this stuff happen? You know, why, does, why do bad things happen to good people? And that really it boils down to what's known as the question of evil. And there's like there's a, a logical question of evil and there is a emotional question of evil. And the one is how can you know, logical is how can a good God coexist with evil? Like it just you know, to uh, the everyday mind it just doesn't quite make sense. And then the emotional is very hard to overcome because it is dwelled in so deep. We see the pain, we see the hurt, and we feel for that. And we just don't understand why God, if he is all loving, could let those things happen. So today we just want to you know, talk a little bit about that, see what the Bible says a little bit, and to see you know, what, what God's character is in all this. Uh, Matt, do you have anything to start yeah, off with? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that you broke it off um, kind of with a more intellectual and emotional side to the the problem of evil uh because i do think there there's two different ways that you can address this issue and there's two different there is there there really is two different ways to kind of go about this problem uh and i think the first one to address which is just the intellectual like how can you theorize an answer to the problem of evil is a little bit easier to address than actually addressing all of the emotions that go with all of the bad things that go on oh, yeah. here, you know, to people. Um, 
So I think maybe if we just even kind of separate how we talk about this problem and first tackle a kind of like theorized logical side to why there is evil and why as Christians we have to de- deal with evil. And then later on we can kind of talk about uh, just an emotional response yeah, to what's good. going on. Um, so, yeah, first let's break it up and just talk about as far as theory goes goes around just answering the question, if God is good, if the Christian God is good, why do bad things happen? Or why are mm-hmm. bad things allowed to happen? You guys have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I can start us off a little bit. Uh, and, and just as an intro, I'm 22 years old, and I'm not claiming to know everything, you know, totally. <laughs> <None of us laughs> <are>. <laughs> um, but with walking with God and... Um, just, you know, talking to non-Christians and Christians, I, I've come to a few thoughts and I've read a few things myself. Um, I think the first thing I would say about, like, about this question is really is, like, the question we're asking is, like, is God good? You know, is he, is he good? And the first thought I have is, like, God, what God intended was the Garden of Eden, you know? Hmm. Like, that was his his intention for us, you know? And in the Garden of Eden w- was when man and, and woman could walk with God unashamed and, and we could be in complete freedom and complete unity with God, you know, just every single day, like walking in the gardens with him. Um, and obviously we all know the fall. We all know wh- where that took us. So so I think God, God from the very beginning, the very first chapter like it shows that God's intention was to be with us and for us to have an awesome life with him. Mm, yeah. So that might start us off here. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting point. And I want to come back to that later. Uh, the garden of Eden. Um, I think in starting to address this idea, you said you start off in a really good place, which is, is God good? Cause the question that is framed is, how can right. how can evil things happen? How can bad things happen? How can this world have Nazis? How can this world have floods? How can this world have natural disasters? How can this world have racism? How can this world have all of these evil things if God is good? Why didn't he just make everything good? Mm-hmm. And the first part of this, this question that we need to attack is, is God good? And I think that we can all answer answer yes. Yeah. Yeah, if the Christian, if the if the, if it's the Christian God that truly exists, and we all believe that he is, that is the one true God, then he is good. You know, there's no for him, there's no if and and or about about it. If you're just talking about like a deity that's not necessarily apart from the world, you could go elsewhere. But we're all coming um, just with our life views and where we're uh, our experiences. We're all coming, uh, I guess, under that assumption and. I just, uh, I would say that right now, you know, we're not necessarily wanting to debate that issue, but we're looking more, you know, a little bit past that on the next step. And I think the next step in that is, you know, this thing between good and evil, because many people are going to say that God doesn't exist and yet still claim there to be objective morals, like moral goodness and moral badness. But for that to really happen, there has to be a standard, something outside of ourselves that we are judging or that is judging what is good and what is bad. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the standard of which we measure what morality is has to be sent set by something. Yeah, so we see we see all these disasters. I was uh, kind of in prep for this. I was reading through a whole bunch, and I mean, in the past 17 years, there's been so many. And I wrote down like the Hurricane Katrina, the Japanese earthquake, the European heat wave, the Kashmir earthquake, the Haiti earthquake, Texas flooding, the flooding in Nepal the South Asian tsunami, um, with these, there was over 500,000 dead billion, you know, billions of dollars in the cost to repair. And that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't even go into repairing people's emotions, but I think that each, every person, if they were to sit down and look at it and think this would say that the things that happened here were bad. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So they're like, we definitely feel this moral, you know, right and wrong mm-hmm. in our in our society. Even though many people will claim that, um, you know, God, we don't need God for uh, objective morals. But if there is no outside standard, then there is no morality. There is no good or bad. There's just creatures, animal nature. Yeah, for sure. So then, uh, <laughs> and we could probably uh, we could go you know deep more into this, but I really I really kind of want to get into because I think it's the hardest part. It's the one that people have the most problems with, is this emotional problem of evil. Because intellectually, many people can get kind of go okay, yes, I can agree with that, but deep down we still feel that it's wrong. Well, give me a second to, to tackle some thoughts I had uh, before we get into the emotional part. Okay, yeah. And that is just um, how how we go about logically connecting what is evil and what is good and how can a good God al- allow evil to happen. And I think the first okay. thing that we got to realize, and we didn't talk about that, was mm-hmm. the problem of sin. Yeah. And a lot of people will point, and, and this is the part that we got to get clear right off. The Bible does not tell you really why we have the like the ability to sin or why the original sin was was able to happen and this problem of evil isn't like explicitly talked about in genesis but what we see is that we see that adam and eve in sinned uh and that was how sin entered into humanity mm-hmm. um and then you can kind of trace back everything that's evil to sin in some way. Um, So you do need to pinpoint that it's like God is good. It's humanity that's evil. And that's an important distinction to make because a lot of people will come into, and this is Christians and non-Christians will come in and say that like, well, people are generally all good. Mm. People are good. The Bible doesn't say that the people, the Bible says that people are evil. Jesus said, you know, somebody come up and said, good teacher, you know, and he said, why do you call me good? Don't you know that only God is good? The Bible on many points says only God is good. The Bible even says that our righteous acts in front of God's goodness don't even measure up. Mm-hmm. That they're like filthy rags in front of God. Yeah. So there is such a gap between God and us that basically we're hopeless without him. Yeah. And that the originality, the original part of all goodness, of anything good that we want to want to do comes from first from God moving. 
And I think that's an important distinction to make is that God is good, but it was through sin that evil entered into the world. Yeah. 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 And that's exactly why I brought up the Garden of Eden, you know, is, is that God's intentions for us were a life unashamed with him. And but with sin, with Adam and Eve's sin and also the temptation of Satan um, and the serpent is really what spiraled down into where I think we are now by 2017. Yeah. But then there's the question that you can pose, and I'm just generally playing devil's advocate here, is, well, then why did God make this tree? Why did God allow mm. there to be sin yeah. that enters into the world? Yeah. And this is where I was stretching back to. The Bible doesn't tell us why that happens. The Bible right. doesn't say why God allowed sin to enter into the world, even though the Bible says that God did not cause sin. And also... um that sin that that a lot of the evil that we have comes through humanity's sin Mm -hmm. and this is just the point that i wanted to to make um which was martin luther's theory and i found completely fascinating um and generally i i could believe it but it it has so much to do with jesus that it blows my mind because if you imagine adam and eve were not in the state that the garden of eden was not what we were developed for that we were actually in the long term developed for heaven. We were developed for a greater relationship with God than Adam and Eve had before their sin, before the fall. And the only way that I said that is that God designed us. God created us um, in a kind of neutral state, which was Adam and Eve before the fall. And then the fall happened and we became in a huge debt to God. But yet, because of Jesus Christ, because he died on the cross, he was able to become part of us. And that is what, as Christians, we believe that Christ is inside of us, that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. And that since he paid that debt, we now gain an even greater inheritance that goes beyond the neutral state that we had with Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. So now we inherit the riches of God's grace. We're part of God's family. We're adopted into his family. And we have all these benefits that come with the relationship that we have in Jesus Christ that Adam and Eve did not have pre-fall, which might explain why God allowed the existence to sin to enter the world so that he could pay the debts for us and actually bring us greater than the state of neutrality. Yeah. Now, there's problems with that theory, um, but I think that theory is so interesting that I just wanted to really bring it up. Yeah. No, I think that's really that's a really interesting point, too. Uh, and I think this... You know, do we know the right answer? No, I think we admitted that earlier, but that's a good theory. And one of the things that, you know, sits well with me, um, and I think for every listener and for every Christian, for everyone who's exploring faith, um, some of these tough questions you need to be asking yourselves. You know, some people are okay with pushing it under the rug, but I think there's a point where you got to be asking yourself this question, seeking counsel from wiser people that you trust in the Bible and, and, and also talking to the Lord about it. But really one of the things that sits well with me personally, uh, so speaking for myself, is, you know, the question that Matt brings up, like, well, why was the tree, you know, even in the garden? Or you could take it a step farther. Why was there even a tempter in the garden? Yeah. Like, why would God allow that to even be in his perfect place? You know, and what sits well with me is that God has given us a choice, a choice to love him, you know, like. Because for me, if, if there wasn't a choice to choose him, 
every single day and every single moment now in 2017, um, it would be, you know, we would be robotic, you know, we would be just kind of like things that God made that are kind of his sidekicks. And it doesn't seem like authentic relationship to me. Mm -hmm. And one verse that came to mind as, as Matt was talking, um, that kind of portrays Jesus like loving us and giving us the invitation, but ultimately it's our choice to come to him was revelation three twenty, And it says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And that's cool because there's the choice to either sit on the couch or get up and open the door. And I think we have to open the door. Yeah. And I do. I would definitely, I definitely agree with that a lot. Uh, line of thinking with the like the problem with uh, you know having evil or for sin is because if we don't have a choice to love God then is it really love Mm -hmm. you know if there is I'm not like I think too many people equate that you know uh, as far as like evil is um, an all-powerful like like the devil kind of, you know, is all powerful evil against an all all powerful God. Cause that just, it doesn't make sense. It's not, it's not what we think. Um, but you know, we need, there needs to be a choice for humans to make to yeah. love God. I truly believe. Yeah. And you think, how we, do you think we've covered the logical problem of evil? Or do we need to dig deeper? Uh, I think as much as that we can in this type of podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. so, there's so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. We can, we can dive into what I think that most people struggle with, which really is this emotional side to evil of saying, mm-hmm. you know, God, why did you allow, you know, I, I can, I can sit, I can share my own uh, struggles personally of like, God, you know, why did you have me go through some of the things that that I went through? And the Mm -hmm. stuff that comes to my mind is, you know, at one point I was, I was living in like this one couple's like storage space and I didn't have a, you know, I didn't have a place to shower. I didn't have a kitchen. Um, I was making very little money, you know, I was showering at the gym every day. I was absolutely miserable and I just be driving around and I question God. I'd say, God, why, why am I going through this? Why is this happening to me? Or even now that, you know, in the long term, um, after going to college and getting a degree in Bible and pa- uh, pastoral degree of saying that, like, God, why did you not open up the doors for me to go work at this church or to go here or to set up my career, um, in the way that I wanted to? And why do I feel like I have to struggle? Why do I feel like things aren't happening for me, I could turn it back onto, you know, more relational things of like, why did this relationship go bad? Why did this uh, happen? Yeah. And there's are all, all, are all things of where we question, is God good? If God was good, why aren't good things happening to me? Mm-hmm. And then you put it into the even more extreme way of like, all right, maybe uh, in this hurricane, your house flooded in Texas and you're just going, God, why on earth, if you're good, did you flood my house? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm turning it to you guys first to see what you think. Why? How would you answer that question? Or how, how would you address this issue of like, of just feeling like, God, why are you allowing all these bad things to happen to me? Yeah. But, you want to go, Isaac? Well, no, go ahead. Okay. 
Um, man, the natural disasters, that's, that's something that I think is a little bit tougher to understand and to, to talk about, but I think I'm going to stick more to the emotional one. Mm-hmm. Um, for at least my point here, just like, man, I feel like God, I think we all as Christians go through seasons where we just feel really bummed out hmm. or like, we feel like, man, God, I just don't feel like I'm hearing from you. What are you doing? You know, we spiral into these type things. Um, and I think there's a really twisted thing in that I've noticed and that I actually really like talking about this is that some people I'll hear, you know, every once in a while, some people say, oh, like God did this. And then they put a negative thing in like say example i i broke i crashed my car god made me crash my car because it made me learn to focus more on him or something you know like yeah, that's no, a, I've, yeah i've heard that it's a, a silly example but it's like oh my aunt died because now i pray better now or so you know and that is and god can use that and god can totally use your crashed bentley or your <laughs> you know whatever whatever happened you um, bentley <laughs> definitely not it's the first car that came to mind you know goals <laughs> No, but God, so God can use terrible things to draw you closer to him. Absolutely. Like every good father does. Well, you know, when you fall and scrape your knee, we would hope that your dad would pick you up and make light of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what I'd love to address is that, and I, and I, who says it best is James. And this is the one thing I was thinking as I was preparing this. It's in James chapter one, verse 13. I think he addresses this so well. I'm just going to read it. It says, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when, by his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Mm. Then, after, his, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when is full grown, gives birth to death. And this is the best part right here. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like the shifting shadows. And, and for me, when I, when I, as a Christian am discouraged or something, you know, something happens, I cling to that. Every good and perfect thing in our life is from, is from the father. And I am a firm believer and I'd love to hear your thoughts if you, you know, disagree or whatever. Um, but I'm a firm b- believer that the, the kind of mess that we're in, the kind of mess that happens in the world, the pain, you know, I, like I said, I, I'm not talking about natural disasters. We can't control that. Yeah. The kind of mess is either a root of sin, a root of uh, a thought of the flesh or Satan, you know, like the Bible says Satan route goes around like a lion looking for someone to devour. Mm-hmm. God, like a yeah, God doesn't go around looking for someone to, to, to destroy, to make them closer to him. That what kind of twisted thought is that, you know, mm-hmm. like you could totally bring up Job. Yeah. I don't know if we sure. should go, we, but, but, God, bring up Job. but, yeah, but, go but like God allowed that, you know, and he said, that is a man after my own heart, but guess who wrecked Job's life? It was Satan. He allowed Satan to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't God who killed his family. It was Satan. So that's just some of the, you know, intro thoughts that I have yeah. going into this. No, and it's uh, it's a difficult like area, especially like natural disaster. Natu- natural disasters are really hard because, um, you know, I I would say I'm a firm believer in that God is in control over the entire world, mm-hmm. and so it's hard to then uh, try and justify that. Oh, it was uh, as far as just like nature taking its course, um, but I believe that I don't know. 
I'm still sorting through those, uh, all those ideas in my head. But as far as like with, you know, human beings, there is in humans, if we have the choice between loving God and not loving God, then we also have the choice between good and evil. And when someone chooses to do evil or chooses to do bad, and we can take the oh so extreme example of Hitler, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was bad. And he affected the lives of so many because of his his decisions, his choices. But we can even, I mean, we can even bring that back to um, as Christians when, you know, we make the choice to uh, to sin, how that affects other people's lives in ways that are, you know, they feel bad, they, they feel wrong because they are wrong. So it's really, like, it's really hard. <laughs> it's a hard problem. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm, try- I'm trying to collect uh, my thoughts on all of this, but I think, I think for me personally, as I struggle with these emotions of, you know, why things are hard, why, why there's such a struggle. Um, I think there's a couple of important things to remember and as have always helped me to remember. Uh, going off of Jordan's thought where he talks about bad things happening and then you growing from that, I do think that that is true. And I think that is a kind of, you know, that's just a piece of, piece of wisdom. And I can't quote the verse exactly. Maybe one of you guys can, can chirp in, but it's it's the verse about perseverance, um, especially in James, James where it James. talks about yeah. uh, rejoice in... Consider oh, it pure joy, yeah. my brothers, yeah. when you face trials of many kinds. kinds. Yeah. Keep yeah. on going. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance. Yeah, that's good. And let, this, uh, let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Basically, yeah. just read James and you're good. Oh, James Let's end great. it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, I want to bring up that point because mm-hmm. there is something about people that have gone through struggles that it's it's not in every case because I do think that there are, depending on what your response is to evil stuff happening, it can it will change you. And it will either change you for the worse or it will change you for for the better. And it depends on what your reaction to is that you can either let that evil thing happen in your life and it drives you further away from God. And you say, God, how can you let this happen to me? And now because of this thing that I hold you accountable for, I'm going to run from you. I'm going to let this push it, you, it further away for, from you. Yeah. Or there's the the right reaction to let this thing that happened to you push you closer to God mm-hmm. mm. um, and find grace in that and, and find and find that perseverance, find that growing of character. Uh, but in general, I noticed that as I've gotten older and as I face more and more things, my reactions to things have gotten better. Um, my ability to handle different situations, to handle people, to have more grace in my life, to mature has drastically improved. Mm. And I do think that uh, we're called to be in a community as Christians and the people who we respect the most in a community are generally people that have gone through struggles in their life and they're there and they show, they show signs of maturity and they show signs of grace and signs of just thriving that has happened because they have struggled through evil things in their life. 
yeah. So that's the first thing I wanted to point out. You got some. You got well, I would just to add on to that. I think because man, we're so much in James. I love James. Uh, James five writes about that. Um, talks about that in the end. It says, uh, in verse seven says, "Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains." And then it says in verse ten, "As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophet. Uh, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast." You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen of the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Mm. And I do think that's a going through trials, going through pain, like that's a truth that we have to hold on to. Because I don't think any any of us would ever say that this stuff is easy. Mm. Oh no. You know, it sucks to yeah. go through some um to go through a point in this and to the people that have lost so many family members who have lost mm-hmm. um, their houses, their homes, their possessions. Like, yeah. I can't even Cancer. imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second point that I wanted to bring up when addressing all of this uh, really comes out of Romans 8. Um, and like I said, I'm just going to be parafi- uh, paraphrasing here. But Romans 8, it talks about the world. It talks about the world in general, and it compares – the struggle that we are, are going through here on earth to a woman in labor um, saying that the earth, all of humanity, all of the earth is in labor pains. Yeah. It's, it's suffering. It's this intense pain. And we see that we can see that there is something going on here that is excruciating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet those pains are an anticipation to something. Mm-hmm. And what that anticipation is, two is to jesus christ mm-hmm. and depending on how you want to read that verse it can be the creation the new creation of the heavens and earth of, of christ running into that it could just be uh to christ redeeming our souls but romans 8 makes it clear that things are messed up now and it acknowledges the fact that there is suffering in the world yeah. and that suffering in the world comes from nature itself being jacked up mm-hmm. but it also says that there's a solution to that and it didn't say that it's messed up because God is messed up or there is no God. It says that the nature of the world got jacked up and it got jacked up in the fall, but there is a solution. And God saw that everything was messed up. God acknowledged that. And because God loved us, yeah. because God loved the world, he put a plan into action to redeem us from that. So good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the point that I want to make clear. And then in Romans 8, it goes on and there's a personal uh there's a personal kind of statement. I forget exactly what verse it is, super famous verse, but it says um for God works all things together for the good of those that love him. Yeah. And in so much times of trouble and so much times of pain I've I've looked at, yeah Romans eight twenty eight I've looked at that verse and thought God is good so good yeah are you good yeah go sweet. ahead sweet awesome no Matt that's that's great and that's that's kind of going in what I really wanted to bring up with my next point as well uh, first before I go into it really quick I think one thing that's awesome about God is that like our relationship with Him is beautifully realistic you know what I mean. Mm. Because if you talk to any evangelist or Christian or someone sharing faith, they say, 
would you like to have a personal relationship with God? Yeah. And what personal relationship with anyone we know is perfect and they give us good things every single time. And they, and I'm not saying, I'm not questioning the perfectness or whatever. That's not the word. It's not even a word probably perfectness of God, but the realistic aspect of a relationship. Like um, one of the biggest things I've learned in the past year of my life is the analogy of, of marriage, Christ's marriage to the church. And, um, it doesn't always feel like a honeymoon, just the quick, the quick little thing. It doesn't, it's great when it does, but it, it doesn't always do that. And so I just wanted to bring that up really quick. Yeah. Um, it's a process. Like it's, it's a, it's a process that Matt says he's gotten older as we've gotten older and learned to love God and choose him daily. Um, it's not always like a beautiful goosebump sunset. Um, and, and to go into my next point, which Matt basically hit, um, I think it, it brings us kind of back to the whole question we wanted to talk about, which was why does God allow this to happen? Why does God allow pain and suffering? And like, it, it almost to me sounds like, why is he okay with it? If, if your God is out there, why is he all right with this? And you know what the question is, or the answer is, is that he's not, you know, like mm. Matt said, he is not okay with it. He couldn't stand the separation between man and God to the point where he sent Jesus to die, you know? Yeah. Like he was not, he was not okay with it. And then we can live after the cross in the freedom of Christ and the freedom from sin um, and all the inheritance and all the benefits. And, and, and that was his whole point. So the answer is God's not okay with it. And we have access to Jesus right now. And then the crazy thing that Matt alluded to is he's still not okay with it. Absolutely. And he's going to come back, you know, mm-hmm. and it says in Revelation that he's going to come back and restore all things, make all things new. So I think that's a that quick, beautiful. It's, it's a quick answer, you know, is like God's not okay with it and he loves you and he's going to come back mm. and restore it. And yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's actually what I had for uh, kind of this a closing idea that uh, I had read a while back um, by one of uh, uh, my favorite like theologians, philosophers, Elvin Plantiga. But he writes this, as the Christian sees things, God does not idly stand by coolly observing the sufferings of his creatures he enters into and shares our suffering Mm. he endures the anguish of seeing his son the second person of the trinity consigned to the bitterly cruel and shameful death of the cross christ was prepared to endure the agonies of hell itself in order to overcome sin and death and the evils that afflict our world and to to confer on us a life more glorious than we can imagine. He is prepared to suffer on our behalf, to accept suffering of which we can form no comprehension. You know, it kind of, it, it comes to, I, I think, to a point in the First Peter 3.18, says, For Christ also suffered for our sins, for the righteous and the unrighteous, mm-hmm. to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. And just that, yeah, it really does boil down to that question of, like, why does God allow us? Why is he okay with it? And he's not. Mm-hmm. And that's such a comforting thought. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of my closing thoughts about this um, is just something that actually personally hit me kind of recently. Uh, I know in one of our other podcasts we talked about a retreat that – Uh, me and Isaac had the ability to go on. And I remember um, one of the speakers at the retreat, and this hit me so hard, uh, but he just goes, God is not punishing you. 
God is not mad at you. And I remember when he said that point, I was in my seat and I almost, I almost broke down crying. And later on, I was talking to him and he said, God is not punishing you for, you know, that one joint that you smoked in, you know, when you were in high school, or if you went too far that one time with your boyfriend or girlfriend, or that one mistake that you had, or the many mistakes that you had, God is not angry at you or holding these accounts against you or keeping you back in life because, you know, you have all these sins. God doesn't operate like that. God loves you. And here's the part that's even more crazy. I mean, the Psalms say that God saves every one of your tears in a bottle. Like God loves you so much that he is there with you in all of your anguish and all of your problems. And you might feel like you're a million miles away from God, but God is not a million miles away from you. Amen. He is so close to you. He has his arms around you. He has your hand, his hand around your life. Like I said, God does work good things together for those that love him. So if you love God, God is closer than you know. He is a part of you and everything that you go through, all of your struggles. He is weeping there with you. He is grieving with you and all these things. He is not angry at you or holding you account for these things. He loves you and he is working there for you. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, <laughs> I think Matt, what you just said is a great moment to say that, you know, if you have a relationship with God, that this is what, like, that is the relationship that you have with him. But if you don't, this is the relationship that you can. You know, it's so it's so e- it's so easy to begin. You know, and to go and to find someone to go to a church to talk with a pastor to, um, you know, ask those questions that you might have. I think is so important. And yeah. if you know of our ten listeners, uh, <laughs> anybody, <laughs> what who up? Li- anybody who listens to this, shout out to all of you. We're thankful for your support. Um, you know, if any of you don't have that personal relationship with Christ, yeah. I really encourage you to seek that out yeah because it's the state it's the only way that you know i've been able to go through any of the trials in my life Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah that's so good thanks matt thanks isaac thank you for listening guys thanks for having me jesus loves you so much um see you next time yeah amen (laughs) hopefully you guys enjoyed us this was a pretty serious one but yeah have a good day y'all